Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Mary Holm is in our Auckland studio. Hello. Hi, Jesse. Big day for me and Mary because we've uh, just we're graduating into podcast format on the website. That won't make much difference to you listeners, probably. Apart from that, it will be even easier to find Mary's fortnightly chats, and when you put it on your um, MP3 player, it'll sound like a podcast meant to. It's probably going to have Mary at the start saying, "Hello, I'm Mary. Here's my podcast." Oh, Something how like exciting! Yeah, <laughs> well done. And the reason is. Um, because Mary's chats with me are one of the most popular things on the RNZ website, so we thought we might as well formalise it and make it as easy as possible for people to get to. So, rental property, did you see Did you see? I left you some homework? I did, and I've had a very quick read of it while I was, <laughs> while I was waiting for this session. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was about the same sort of thing going on in England as I think might be going on here. Before we start, mm. everybody always says, not everybody, but many people say I'm anti-property. Mm-hmm. And they've been saying that for years. Mm. And I've been saying back, no, I'm not. All I want to do is point out that it's riskier than a lot of New Zealanders think it yeah, is. Yeah, we have short memories, um, eh? We do, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we'll get on to the, the risks in a minute. But I also have to confess, confess? Maybe not confess, but... In recent years, when I've been saying that, hey, everybody, rental property isn't great, people have been making very big money in rental property. It's mm. been a pretty successful investment for many people. You have to allow West. that. You, yeah, and there are, yeah, I do. There are times when um, when it's been a terrific investment. Yeah. So have shares in recent times, both, and, and people don't realise that as much, but that that's a whole other story. People, with the property prices growing the way they have until recently, a lot of people have made a lot of money in rental property. Um, I do one thing I think that's worth pointing out right from the start, though, is that we tend to look, and there was an article in the Herald recently about how much prices had risen. You know, people record um, gains people had made in rental property where they buy and then sell. You know, not many years later for three times as much. Mm. That sort of thing. One of the people who'd broken one of the records said, well, I did actually put a lot of time and effort and money in going through. And I think people often ignore that, that there has been... Seems so easy, eh? Yeah. And people have put in a lot of... The ones who've made big gains have quite often done a lot to make the place look better, um, put in a lot of money. Sometimes, I mean, one one of the effects of the rapidly rising house prices has been that the rental yields haven't been as high. So that you buy a house for a higher price and you're still not getting a lot more rent for it than the previous owner got. Um, and so your yield, the, the return you're getting in terms of the rent you're getting per dollar you put into buying the place has been lower yeah. and hasn't always covered people's mortgage payments, quite often has mm-hmm. not. And so there's been all of that shortfall all the way through. They might have bought for X and sold for three times X, but in the meantime, every month, they've been putting extra into the mortgage. So really be a bit wary about people saying my rental property tripled in value um, without looking at what money they put in in the meantime. Um, Now, of course, the market 
the real estate markets, the property prices are slowing around the country. Not, you know, I mean, more so in Auckland, but in, in a lot of other towns now too, the, the, the pace of growth. I was looking at some numbers the other day and no, I don't think in any of the regions, or certainly not many, is it growing in double figures anymore. Mm-hmm. It might be growing by 8%, 5% in different yeah. regions, but we're not getting 10%, 12 those sort of numbers anymore. Um, and and I, one one piece of information I saw the other day was that QV NZ, QV, is that what they're called? Sorry, QV, something like that. Yeah. They um, got together some data of, of houses that had sold twice within one year. In other words, someone bought them, then turned them over within the 12 months. And the rate of that has almost halved in 2017 from what it was in 2015. So people are not doing that quick buy, quick sell thing nearly as much as they used to. And and another thing that's going on with rental properties is is government changes. There's been quite a few of them, none of which have been really terribly good for rental properties. One is with mortgages. You know, I think it was in 2013 that the Reserve Bank started bringing in these LVRs, loan-to-value ratios. The easiest way to think about those, because it's the the ratio of the mortgage to the value of the house, it can do your head in a bit sort of thinking that through. The easy way to look at that is how big a deposit do you need to have to buy a property? And under the current ratios, with houses, most people need to have a 20% deposit. With rentals... It was, until the 1st of January this year, 40%, mm. which is a lot. Because, you know, in times gone by, people were buying rentals with very low deposits mm. on them and turning them over. Having to have a 40% deposit has put a lot of people out of the market or uh, the the ones that are still in there, mostly the ones who already own several rental properties, mm. and so then they can, they've got some equity in those and they can roll the whole thing over and, and get this 40%. That 40% has now dropped to 35 at the beginning of this year, so the Reserve Bank's eased up on that a little bit. Mm. But that's in response to the fact, I suppose, that there are fewer people buying investment properties than there were. Um, um, people people who are nitpicking today, Mary, and then we, they, we tend to bring them out of the woodwork, yeah. might say that these are not necessarily government changes but Reserve Bank changes, right? They're not yes. sort of part of government policy. Now that, the, the mortgages, yes, yeah. The other things I'm just going to get to in a minute, there's several different government, government things. The Reserve Bank is part of the government, though, mm. just because it's not... Um, the Reserve Bank's not dictated to by mm-hmm. the Prime Minister doesn't mean it's, I mean, it's not private enterprise. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's government. All right, I'll a stop, government I'll stop picking entity. nits then. Yeah, yeah on, on that particular nit, we might give, okay. <laughs> give that one a miss. Um, th- those ratios, by the way, the, the ratio rules that I was just talking about, the LVRs, don't apply to new builds. And that's obviously because the government's trying to encourage more building to happen and people to be buying new built. New built, newly built buildings rather than older ones. And also the banks can lend a certain proportion of their loans can be to people who don't have 20% on, mm-hmm. a, on their own home or 35% on, a, on an investment. So it's not as if it's an absolute rule, but nonetheless, um, those changes are there and have made it 
quite a lot harder for people to invest in rentals. And then there's um, tax on capital gains that, that people make in, on property. And that's an interesting one because there's always been this law, this stupid New Zealand law that is about your intention when you buy. If you're buying with the intention of selling something at a profit, whether it be property, shares or anything else, actually. I mean, it could be vintage cars. There are some other 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 prop, other acquisitions that yeah. grow in value and there's always been this rule that if you buy with the intention of selling at a profit and then do sell at a profit you have to pay tax on the gains but in reality that isn't hasn't always it seems been enforced it's really hard for you and I to know what goes on in, in land revenue um, mm, we've talked and, about it before eh? yeah and it isn't known but but then the government not long back brought in this bright line rule which says that if you buy a rental property and sell it within two years, you do have to pay tax on the gains unless there are unusual circumstances that, you know... Is a bright line line the opposite to a grey area? (laughs) Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm I'm not not um, being funny. I mean, because I hear that a lot. I was trying to work out what the origin is. Is Yeah. So you reach this point where you know you absolutely have to do a thing past a certain point. Yes, I I suppose. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's a bit of an inexpression that you hear around Mm. board tables and that, you know, we talk about bright lines. Um, yes, I, I don't know its origin, but it's basically saying here's a clear line. Mm-hmm. If you buy and sell within two years, unless you meet one of the exceptions that's spelled out, then you do have to pay tax on the gains. And the new government is talking about increasing that to five years from mm-hmm. two years. And so if they do that, then only people buying a rental property for as a long-term investment might not pay tax on their gains. They still um, might if they bought with the intention of selling. You know, I mean, some people say, well, no, I did buy a rental property without the intention of selling. I bought it so that all the way through till I die, I'll get rent from it, mm-hmm. which is... Um, and then I changed my mind at the last minute. Well, sort of thing. you might, yeah. you know, I mean, because I always say to retired people, it's not that great an idea to have a rental property and have the rental income coming, and that's fine. But you're still going to die with this property that you didn't, you didn't use the value of the property up. Mm. And that seems a real pity, unless you've got heaps of money. But for many people, let's get rid of the rental and then be spending the, you know, the 500,000 or the million in some cases that you you get for selling the property. I wonder but, if um, um, many people have um, paid tax under that two-year bright line test. Maybe that should be my first Official Information Act query. I've never done one of those before. Yeah, yes, you could give should it a go. Should I give it yes, a go? Yeah, okay. find out. Yes, I, yes, I don't know. Um, what percentage of people um, selling within two years paid tax according to that bright line test? Yes, yes. And what, it, and, and what percentage got out on some sort of loophole? It applies only to investment property, of course. It doesn't apply to... Owning your own home, yeah. at least I don't think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. That'd be one yeah. of the loopholes, probably. Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But now, of course, we've got we've got we've got Michael Cullen's tax working group that's going now, and they're looking at making other changes, and they're not certainly not saying at this point what they're going to what they're going to come up with. Of course, they're, they're gathering information at the moment and, and seeking input. From you and me, if we want to tell them are they? what our idea is, well, yes. they. The, I think they're sort of a. They're going to put out a report shortly. I was listening to it on Catherine, listening to Michael on Catherine Ryan the other day, um, putting out a report shortly that'll be sort of calling for submissions from the general public. But you already could send something into them if you want to mm. care of Treasury. But anyway, they. We don't know what they're going to do, but generally speaking, over the years, governments have not 
treated rental property kindly. They've been more inclined to encourage people to invest in shares. And they're looking at, the. you know, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that people can lose money on an ongoing basis with rental properties, I was saying before, when the rent doesn't cover the mortgage and other costs and they're having to put extra money in. They can claim those losses mm. against their other salary income mm. or other, other income. And there's been talk about ring fencing the the profit the profits yeah. and expenses from from rental so that might come I'm not saying it will but if I were owning rental property or thinking about getting more into it I'd be sort of a little bit wary about the fact that there could be tougher taxes coming up on that and then finally as far as government stuff goes um, there are now rules about that you have to put smoke alarms in as a landlord. Well, that doesn't cost much, but you do have to put insulation in as well, and that can cost mm. a fair bit. And there could be other changes like that coming along about people having to improve the quality of rental properties. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you have something else you wanted? Well, I was just going to say, someone says, I think Mary's a bit confused. She's describing property speculation, not property investment. Property investment oh, has no, no intention of selling the property, therefore the value is unrelated as the property is purchased on yield only. That's somebody's definition between investment and speculation, and that's just how they've chosen to define it. Um, and I certainly am talking more, I suppose, about people who buy with the intention of selling fairly fast, okay. flicking the property on. Um, I would say that's just, yeah, um, that's fine. That's a fair point. Okay. If someone's buying for the, for long, long term, then the situation's somewhat different. Right. Yeah. Back to you. Pros and cons of investing in a rental. Cons. Yeah, and to some extent here I'm going to compare it with shares because shares or investing in several individual shares or a share fund is the obvious other good long-term investment for people that is likely to generate um, quite high returns. Mm -hmm. um, in, in both cases with shares and property, you want to be in for a fairly long time, several years at least, because there's too much of risk if you do it for the short term. But um, with with as far as rental goes, I mean, one of the very obvious advantages, the pros, is that you can drive past the property and have a look at it. It's, it's there, it's real, and a lot of people in New Zealand especially seem to have a real thing about that. They're not that keen on um, owning shares. They like to be able to look at their property and say, I own it. And people understand houses. You know, they bought, bought and sold their own houses to live in, and they understand what they're getting into. Also, with rental property, you can put some work in to raise the value of the property. You can paint it up. You can fix, you know, better roofs, put decks in, uh, new kitchens, all that kind of stuff. You can do a lot of that yourself if you're a handy person. And that, that's something you can do with rental property, which you can't do with shares. You're just stuck with shares. Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to borrow to, to invest in a rental property than it is to borrow to invest in shares. The banks are more willing to, to lend. So for all those reasons, it's a pretty good investment. And, of course, when the prices keep rising very fast, it, it can be fantastic. On the con side, um, I've written down here, bad tenants or no tenants. And, you know, we've all heard the nightmares of, of bad tenants. In some markets, there's not much of a chance you will have no tenants because there's a huge shortage mm. of housing, but 
that comes and goes. Even in the big cities, there are times when um, landlords have trouble finding tenants. It's so hard, isn't it, Mary, to imagine any situation other than the one that you're currently in. Exactly. We've got a massive shortage of houses. Rents are going up and up and up. People are scrambling for a place to stay. Yeah, and the whole thing just seems, you know, the whole whole housing situation seems mad. You've got to have been around watching it for a while to realise these things do change, and and they will change again. But at the moment, it's more a a bad tenants than a no tenants worry, but we all know that in any kind of housing market you can have difficulties with tenants. Um, they, They wreck the pace or they don't pay or whatever. Um, and then there's a whole lot of things that are just kind of around hassle, like having to get tenants. You know, if your tenants leave and you've got to interview or, or, or show the place to potential new tenants, that's a lot more work than buying and selling a few shares or putting a bit of money in, in or out mm. of a share fund. Um, you've got to be either on call for your tenants, including through the night, etc., or pay a manager, property manager, and a lot of people do the latter, but of course that eats into your returns quite a lot because you've got to pay them a percentage. Um, the same with maintenance. You've either got to be paying somebody to do that or you've got to do it yourself. And either way, it's a lot more hassle than owning shares. And also compared with shares, it's a lot harder to get out of get out of the investment. You you can't often sell it that quickly, whereas with with most shares and, and share funds, you can get your money out in a, yeah. a matter and of you few can't, days. Yeah, and you can't sell 20% to exactly. free some cash up. Yeah, you can't sell part. You can't. It's very inflexible. You, it, you're all in or you're all out on. I mean, if you own five properties, then uh, you, can sell, you can sell one. But mm. not many people are in that, really. Um, and then there's a whole lot of reasons why rentals are riskier than they might seem to people. Um, I mean, basically, property is less risky than shares when you look at just as a basic investment. But uh, there are several reasons why property can be riskier, and that is that most landlords also own their own home, so they've got two major investments in the same same type of investment, and they um, often in the uh, same part of the country. Exactly, yeah, and they, the people like it to be in the same part of the country because then they can keep an eye on it. On the other hand, if you say, well, it's a better idea if you live in Auckland to own a property in Whanganui, but then when things go wrong, you've got to pay someone else or jump in the car and you've got a pretty long mm. ride to get down there. So one way or another, there, there are problems with that. Also, most people, especially at the beginning, are only only, only only one property compared with if you've got, you know, twenty or $50,000, you can get into quite a few different shares, yep. or certainly in a share fund, you can get into many different shares, but you're only in the one property, and if things go wrong, you know, the dreaded P-Lab or something like that happens to that one property, you've re- you're really in a, in a hole. Um, and, the, and I mean, another major, major issue is that um, if you're borrowing to invest, you which you nearly always are doing in rental property, that raises your risks, of course. If If you have to make mortgage payments no matter what happens or else you get in, into deep trouble. And if you've got no tenants or the tenants aren't paying, um, you can really struggle if you lose your job, that sort of thing. Borrowing to invest does raise your returns when things go well because you get returns on your pro- your money and the bank's property. And that's why a lot of people do really well with, with rentals. But it can go horribly wrong when... You are forced to sell perhaps because you've lost your job and you can't make up the difference between the mortgage and the rent. And 
you might have to sell in a down market and you sell for less than the mortgage and that's when it goes horrible. So you and I yes. talking about, um, I can't remember if it was us talking about this or somebody else on the show, about some of the um, insurance challenges coming up in the next few years. Yes, 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 we were talking about That was about us, yeah. areas of New Zealand that might start looking pretty prone to climate change and oh, that aspect, ins- yes. and insurance companies starting to say, well, we're not going to insure that property and then you get to a point because your bank for the mortgage requires your property to be insured yes. that when the mortgage comes up, they won't, they try and... Won't when you, yes. Yeah. And then you and try then to, you're sell trying to sell and, yeah. into a market where people are saying, oh, I don't know that I want to buy here, yeah. you know, especially if it's because there's quite likelihood of... Of tsunami problems, or, or just and, or just and, and they can't get, they can't insure. Yeah, yeah. yes, it, it's a big story. It can go horrible. Years. I'm just reading a wonderful book called Hillbilly Elegy, which is about the Appalachians. But yeah. um, in there, there, there are there's a town where there's a whole lot of properties where the value has gone down and it's going to stay down, and the people can't leave because their mortgage is more than their house is worth. If they leave, they then owe the bank a whole lot of money. So they're just and the prospects of that those values going back up again. You know, they might, well, silly to say never, mm. but, you know, it could be a lifetime before they go back up again. And so there are sort of nightmares that can happen with properties, especially if you've borrowed for them. We're short of time here, are we? Got three um, minutes. Three more minutes, okay. So the um, main other points I was wanting to just say were um, that that in the end, comparing shares with property um, you know, I'm not going to convert many people out there who are listening to this from either to the other. I don't like think. this person it's, who says, "I'd rather have a physical property that I have moderate control over versus shares that I have no control yeah. over." And that's that's exactly right. That's that's what I call the landlord personality. It's the person <laughs> who does want to have control over their investments. I've actually been a landlord twice in my life. Once when I, my very first house had a little flat underneath. And but that we didn't own that for very long, and then once more when we had to sell a house and leave leave the city, and couldn't sell, and so we rented it out until the summer came round again to sell it again. Um, hated it, um, <laughs> but I don't like being a landlord. There's something about that kind of feeling of power and control over other people that some people I think might quite enjoy. I really don't. I don't want people not liking me because I'm their landlord, mm. you know. Um, and and to put a more positive spin on it, being able to provide for another family indeed. and be a responsible landlord and do a good job. By That's someone. absolutely right. And people take great, say, I'm a good landlord. Mm. I really take good care of my tenants and I've given, yes, people a home at a reasonable rent. You're quite right. And there's, that's totally legitimate. And that control thing that, 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 that your listener just pointed out, I don't want control. I want my money to be in shares that I've got nothing to do with. I can just get mm. my money out when I want to, put my money in when I want to, don't have any other responsibilities, don't yeah, have anything to do It's a bit more passive, isn't it? it? Very, and I can get on with reading novels. And going to the but, arts festival. But Yeah, and, and going to the arts festival. But if they'd rather spend their weekend <laughs> maintaining their, their flat. Your biases are coming through here, Mary. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. They are stated biases. They Thanks are. very much. Yes, it's a pleasure, Jess. Great session.